Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses come to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. Welcome, everybody, to the Down to Business Podcast. I am not Alex Kirby. This is Chris, the executive producer of the podcast, here with my friend Logan Ingram. Logan, how you doing? Good, Chris. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Logan is out of town uh, on business. and so I'm we're- out of town. <laughs> what? I'm out of town. You're, yeah. <laughs> Logan's going to play Alex for us today. <laughs> uh, but he's out today, so we're going to cover for him on the podcast. And uh, there's some news in the uh, on the internet about uh, a class action lawsuit against Facebook. That's kind of triggering what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about organic marketing versus paid advertisement because there's a lot of room for both, and both are really important to your business. Um, but there's a there's different avenues that you can take to marketing your business, and so these but these are two of the most important ones that you can do. Um, so kind of a quick backstory: Facebook got caught with their pants down, and they've been in this lawsuit for I think like since 2018. Um, and the evidence goes back to as far as 2014. And basically, the class action is uh, if if they if they lose a class action, if Facebook loses the class action, then they're going to be liable for up to 90 million dollars in damages to paid advertisers. So if you've marketed on if you've used paid advertisements on Facebook or Instagram since 2014, then you might be able to get a few bucks out of Facebook. I don't know what that looks like. It might be, you know, 30 bucks. It might be, you know, 500 bucks. Who knows? Uh, it's hard to Try to get real money out of a class action unless it's a really tight group of people. Um, there have been some labor unions and stuff over the years who've gotten some pretty substantial amount of money. But when you're talking about, you know, potentially millions of people that have used paid advertisement of the year, $90 million is not going to go that far, you know, uh, once everybody kind of puts their two cents in. So that's what we're going to talk about. They uh, So uh, this basically boils down to uh, they were taking advertisement dollars. So if you boosted a post on Facebook or you created an ad campaign on Facebook or Instagram, they were taking those ads and they were knowingly putting them in front of bot accounts and duplicated Facebook and Instagram accounts. So these are accounts that people are not, that are not active. People are not using them or they're being used for spam. And so they're just, you know, robot algorithms that are, you know, broadcasting posts across, you know, if you ever got one of those like promote here, uh, kind of comments. Those are the those are the accounts that we're talking about. So Facebook and Instagram are putting those ads in front of those accounts, which basically means that they're wasting your money. And where this really kind of gets annoying is Facebook charges a premium for ad placement. And so you're already paying more than you would on something like Google or YouTube. Uh, and now we know that they're going to allegedly knowing that they're going to bot accounts. And so that's the reason for the class action. Uh, and so that kind of triggers a lot of distrust in using paid advertisement online. And we kind of just wanted to talk about the importance of doing both. Logan, what, what, what's your time? I want to um, also, I mean, social media, it's 2022, but I feel like it's still new enough to where people know very little about what a bot account is. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, it's it's a fake duplicate account right. of whether it's somebody else's or just a, a made up um, entity. Um, but in, in my experience, I've come across bot accounts from the websites and online avenues that exist to where people who 
want to boost their own profile can go and pay X amount of dollars and they'll get so many followers in return. Yeah, Those like are a all hundred bucks for 5,000 accounts, yeah, 5,000 exactly. followers, whatever. Exactly. Those are all, that's where they go in and create bot accounts, the, the company that you're paying, and they'll make those fake accounts follow your profile to make you look better online. Right. Which is kind of, which kind of defeats the purpose because Facebook and Instagram specifically are algorithmic learning. And so and that includes your own account. And so accounts that you follow and accounts that follow you, it will suggest uh, accounts that have similar interests for you to follow and for them to follow you. And so if you've confused the algorithm and say that everybody likes me, then especially if you're like a company, if you're, if you're trying to do like paid advertising or, or even if you're just trying to do organic marketing on Instagram or Facebook, then you've told the algorithm uh, something that isn't true. And so now you have to fight against the, the, the current forever because it's not going to help you reach who you're trying to target. Mm. Like it's just going to broadcast you to whoever and they have no interest in following you. Like the people who followed you didn't even have an interest in following you. And so you've kind of broken your own account before you've even gotten started. Right. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. That's a real, that's, I kind of think it's a good thing. Um, I think the algorithm kind of works in Facebook and Instagram's favor, but I think it really works on people who are trying to do it the right way's favor too, because uh, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of putting a roadblock on those accounts by doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another, another way that I've experienced bot accounts is th- they could just show up on your social media, like my Instagram. Um, I've never bought followers, done anything like that for, for my own personal Instagram, but um, I had to make my Instagram account private because I would post a story um, and, and check who saw it. And all the way at the bottom, you would see these, you know, a- anywhere from an obscene name from just random characters. And I could tell very clearly, like I would click on the profile and they would have zero followers, but following, you know, 150, Eight, yeah, yeah eight, 800, 8,000, whatever it may be. And so they, those bot accounts, they, can, so you might have to make your account private if you, uh, not necessarily if you're a business, that's that kind of defeats the purpose. But if, if you see, notice stuff like that on your personal Instagram, those are bots yeah. uh, coming after you. They come after <laughs> you. I mean, we, on all of our, so uh, in pure marketing, all the accounts that we uh, that we overlook, there's always like promote this or DM us for this exactly. or and all that kind of junk. And it's like, those are just bot accounts. Um, but all that to say, like paid advertisement on, on social media very much still has its place. Um, things like this create distrust amongst the system and for good reason. You know, like Facebook was intentionally trying to cover this up, allegedly. I'm going to keep saying allegedly <laughs> so I don't get caught with a slander uh, suit if it, if it comes out that they don't end up getting taking the fall for this. Um, but allegedly, they were inflating their uh, their exposure and their impressions for those advertisements as much as 400%, which means like only 25% of the money that you, or 25% of the impressions that you were told you were getting were going to actual accounts. And that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've used Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, Google advertisements for years now. And there is a substantial return on investment if you do it right. And so that's kind of what we want to boil down. Like what, what are the pros and cons to organic marketing and paid advertisement? And so, uh, yeah, but, but both are important. 
When it comes to organic marketing, I would say the biggest pro is that it's free. It is free. Yeah. And it's free free. and it's community driven. Right. And especially it's very important, especially I know we've said this before and we're going to keep highlighting this. If you're a new business, this is the most important thing for you is organic marketing. Yeah. And social media is just one part of that. You know, we, we tell people all the time, like if you've just started out or if you've been doing something for a year or two and it's just nearly taken off, you have to ask yourself some, some simple questions of, have I told everyone that I know that this is what I do? You know, like take an hour and just text all your family and best friends to let them know like, Hey, this is what I do. If there's anything I can do for you, um, just let me know. And if you know anyone who could use my services, please, you know, either tell them that this is what I'm doing or connect me with them and I can tell them. And that's not like, that's not like encroaching on them. That's not, uh, like guilting them into it. That's just putting it out there. This is what you do. And same thing on Facebook. Like you need to let people know on your personal Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff that this is what you do. And this is what you're doing. Um, cause it's free, you know, mm-hmm. and people who know you are the most likely to trust you and right. the ones who want to support you the most. And so if your cousin doesn't know that you're the best carpenter in your city, your cousin needs to know that you are the best carpenter in the city. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's it's free, it's community driven. Uh, It creates consistent followers and like a a passionate uh, recurring consumer. Yeah, because those are people who choose to follow you on social media, people who are trying to keep up with what your business is doing. Those are the people that are really excited about what you're doing and they're the ones who are either one going to be a repeat consumer or a repeat client and you're going to get continuous revenue out of them uh, or they're going to let everybody know what you do. Um, so for instance, uh, we know a guy who is a, runs a tree service. It's A&D Tree Services in Leesville, South Carolina. He does work all over the city in Columbia and he's just a great dude and uh, he's been doing it for like 25 years and uh, He's just really, really good at it, but he never did any advertisement. He never did any marketing and we got to sit down and talk with him and he's a super nice guy, does everything by the book, really transparent, really honest, really fair priced. And we we're like, dude, you've got to let people know this, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like he had a Facebook account, but he had never really like pushed anything. He just kind of would put some photos up and then put his phone number and say, if you need tree services, let me know. And the guy was doing really, really well. And we're like, dude, you could do super well for yourself if you just kind of pushed it a little bit. And so we're kind of helping him out with that. But um, but he has a really consistent following from just being really consistent, posting to his Facebook every you know day, every two days. And those people are people who are going to call him back because he has a great service and people know where he is. Mm-hmm. And so if you... Yeah, so the upside to and upside to organic marketing is that you get a consistent, passionate following. Um, they're the highest likely to convert, but the biggest con to doing it organically is it's slow. a slow yep. grind. You know, it can take a lot of time to grow. Mm-hmm. So at uh, at Trifecta Landscaping, uh, I came in about three years ago now. Uh, do started to do the marketing for Trifecta Landscaping which is Alex Kirby's uh, first primary business. And I think he had gotten up to like something like 5,000 followers, something like that, which is pretty good for, you know, landscape company. And we were like, all right, let's see what we can do to really push the envelope. And so we just got super consistent posting two, three times a day, 
doing YouTube videos, uh, posting to Facebook, posting to Instagram. Uh, we got on TikTok a while back. We didn't really push TikTok as much as we should. Um, but I think on Instagram now we're up to 18 point, I think it's 18 and a half thousand followers. Yes. Yep. And so, but the, the perspective there is it took five years to get to 18 and a half thousand followers. And so there's a, there's like this incentive mindset when you think about that, like, well, if I buy them, how bad is it really going to be? It's terrible. Let me be very clear. If you buy followers, you're destroying your account. If you do follow refollow, you're destroying your account because so follow refollow. Can you speak into that Logan? That's like if this, this random account that you'll come across or there's like, there's even like Facebook groups that, that do this. They, you, you join up and you just type in a message to anybody in the group. And these can be any random people. Um, and you'll just say, Hey, um, I'll follow you if you follow me back and you just, you both just commit to that and you both, you gain a follower and you gain a following. Yeah. But the, the backside of that is they're never going to engage with you. Right. Right. You know, And so it's um, just a numbers thing. That's right. All. And so if you have 70,000 followers on Instagram, but you only get like 60 likes on a post and maybe two comments, the math doesn't work out there because mm-hmm. there's accounts that have 20, 30,000 followers and they get hundreds of comments and they get, you know, dozens of shares and they get hundreds and hundreds of likes. And so the algorithm picks up on these things. And it's like, uh, you're not, that's not really working out like it's supposed to what's going on. And it will punish you for it. Like the algorithm will push you down and it's not like, it's not like it's built to attack you, but you've, you've tried to beat the system and the system is built to not allow that to happen. And so when you do that, if you have, you know, do the follow refollow, uh, even if there are people who are in your industry or they're people who have your same interests, um, those can work out sometimes. But if you're doing 50 follow refollows a day, and then especially if you're going back and then unfollowing them later, mm-hmm. those people do, do not engage with you. And it's, so it's the same problem. They were never interested in you in the first place. They just followed you because you followed them. And then three days later, you unfollow them and they might unfollow you. And so you're constantly doing this back and forth thing. Um, and you're tricking the algorithm. It doesn't know what, what you really want. You know? And so it doesn't know what your content, who your content needs to go to. So don't, don't do follow refollow. It's not good for you. It's not good for your account. It's going to hinder your business. Don't do it. It's, and, and another thing is, I don't know if you mentioned this, but it, you know, if you do the whole follow refollow thing and then a year down the line, your business is growing, all these people that you random people that you followed, that's going to dilute your feed. So mm-hmm. anything that you see on there, it's just going to be like anything, anything that it could be anything that that you decided to follow. And and I actually speak from experience because when I was a kid, Instagram first came out and I did that same thing. I I did the whole follow refollow and I ended up with 3000 followers, but I was following about 5000. And I was like, good grief, man. Like six years later, I was trying to, I was at, you know, in high school and scouting colleges at this point. And I'm like, I I really need to clean this up so I can actually use it when I become an adult and, you know, businesses try to find me on social media. And I'm like, good grief. So yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess to have to manually go in and unfollow all of those random people. Yeah. Yeah. So it you was get, a mess. yeah, you get into that follow refollow thing and it's, that's not being, that's not organic marketing. That's not people 
choosing to follow you. That's not people engaging with your product. That's just a simple transaction, follow for a follow. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just not good for you. So there's the the basic gist of organic marketing. Like it, you definitely need to do it. It's free. It can't hurt you. As long as you don't try and trick the algorithm, you can work within the algorithm. So like on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok, all these things, their you know, short form video content is huge. And it spreads to people beyond your following, which makes it even bigger. So it's a, there's a huge growth potential by doing reels and shorts and all that stuff very well. Did you mention on the on this podcast before that um, Meta or Instagram officially stated that they're no longer a still photo platform? Yes. Yeah. Instagram is not about photos anymore. Everything has been to video. This is really TikTok's fault. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's not a bad thing necessarily, but... TikTok just got such an explosion of um, engagement that everybody pay attention. And the 30, I think TikTok's up to like three minutes at the most, but most of the content is 15 seconds to a minute. And people like it's very digestible, very short, very engaging, short form content. And so Instagram about probably six months ago was like, we're no longer a video uh, social media platform or a photo social media platform, which it started out as being like the photographer's haven. Right. Um, it kind of became like their uh, highlight reel or their portfolio. And they have moved away from that. There's a bunch of people who still use it that way. Um, but they are not primarily about that. They are trying to, they're basically trying to be the light version of Facebook. You know, Facebook has all these groups and all these, you know, the marketplace and all this stuff. And Instagram has a marketplace too, but it's a little different. But it's Instagram is just the more uh, condensed, lighter version of Facebook. And that's really what they're moving to. And mm-hmm. so you can't just post photos anymore. If you really want to grow your account, you really got to get into reels and you really got to get into short form video. Yeah. Um, so yeah, organic marketing is a slow grind. It's, it's, it's a necessary one. You got to be consistent, but it does have a return on investment and you're not putting any money into it. Mm-hmm. So you're putting a little bit of time into it, but you're not putting any money in it. Everybody, we want to take a second to thank today's show sponsor, Jobber. If you guys haven't used Jobber, it is a leading CRM for your home service-based business. If you're looking to help with scheduling, invoicing, routing, Jobber is the way to go. So you're organized, efficient, and in charge of everything you're doing. If you want a discount, look in our show notes today. You get 20% off your first six months. And again, thank you, Jobber, for being a show sponsor and the company we trust at Trifecta Landscaping now for the first five years. So let's talk about paid advertisement. Paid advertisement in social media has always been a little bit of a sticky point uh, because you don't really, in the early days, people didn't really know what it was going to do for you. Right. Um, these days, it's become such a normal part of digital advertisement that a lot of people only use social media as a marketing platform. They don't use Google. They don't use YouTube. They don't use uh, printed marketing. They don't do billboards. They don't do anything. They only use social media. And uh, in an e-commerce business, you have an online store, like an Etsy thing uh, or a Shopify kind of thing. It works really well. But for trades and services, it's very different because you're constricted to your service area or service areas. If you have multiple locations or if you work in multiple cities or multiple zip codes or if you're a statewide business, all that kind of stuff, um, you, you can't throw it out to the masses of all the United States and all of Canada right. uh, in order to get get revenue stream. You have to be very tight to your area. And so it didn't get a lot of love at first, but now 
uh, with algorithmic learning and being able to do targeted ads in specific geographical locations and to certain demographics, uh, you can really hone in on who you're trying to advertise to. So let's talk about some pros of it. First of all, we talked about the slow grind of organic marketing. Paid advertisement gets you a super wide audience very quickly. Uh, and it's a great way to build awareness. You know, like if you if you did a short form campaign, say over like three months, and that's consider that's what I would consider like a short campaign. A longer campaign would be like a year. Um, but anything three months or smaller, I would I would call a short campaign. Um, so if you're let's let's take the green industry in, into play here. So if you're a landscaper, most of your advertisement dollars need to happen between February and May. Because that's where people are going to make a decision on how they're going to cut their lawn that year. Because mm-hmm. either they're going to pay someone to do it, or they're going to do it themselves, or they're going to hire the local you know neighborhood kid, or they're going to get their one of their own kids to do it. Um, so they're going to make that decision between February and May, and depending on you know where you live and all that kind of stuff. And so we in South Carolina we make the joke that February <clears throat> the people who care about their lawns are going to call, in March the people who's grass starts to grow because the pollen starts coming out are going to call in April. They're calling because their yard starting to get out of control. And they don't want to do it. And then in May, those people call because the HOA called. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and so, uh, but pretty much once June comes along and you get into some weekly mowing kind of stuff, pr- people have pretty much decided what they're going to do and they're already doing it. And so most of your advertisement dollars, like you pretty much are going to put into uh, like a hire me campaign between February and May. And so you can build awareness very quickly by doing paid advertisement on Facebook and on Instagram and uh, where organic marketing and paid advertisement kind of start to interplay a little bit is if someone sees your advertisement for landscaping on Facebook, but they don't really need you or they already have a guy they're probably, they very well may have a friend who posts something later on that says, Hey, I, you know, I need someone to cut my lawn. I'm going to be out of town for the next, you know, month or, or whatever. I have to work out, you know, I'm in and out of the house because I work, you know, either remotely or I have to travel for work. Da, 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 da. I can't keep it up myself. Who should I hire? And we've gotten at Trifecta Landscaping, we've gotten tons of, you know, comments saying, You should hire Trifecta. You should hire Trifecta. And those are usually clients that we have. Mm-hmm. that are referring us. But a lot of times it's also people who have seen our advertisement say, Hey, I think these guys are good people. You should check them out, give them a call. And so uh, paid advertisement has its place because it builds awareness of your company rather quickly. Right. Um, and it reaches new potential clients and consumers. Whereas uh, organic marketing, you kind of eventually tap out of the friends of friends of friends kind of, kind of realm. And then you got to get really creative in order to get past it. Mm. And, the other big part of it is that the the ads these days are really smart, you know. And so, like Logan, you can speak into this because you know you're a SEO advertisements guy. Like, it's not just putting a billboard on Facebook, so to say, and just wait to see who sees it. Like, you can get really uh, finite in who you target. Mm-hmm. And and as time goes on, and as as the algorithms learn. Um, you, you, you can refine your ads and which will in the end save you more money because mm-hmm. you, you don't have to spend time target, you know, like when you initially target this general area. Okay. And then it learns that, Oh, only these people are going to be the ones who you should target. You can then put all the rest of your budget into those people and not have to pay for the people around them. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so we, d- we do a lot of culling in our ads. And so, 
the idea of that is we'll start with a little bit wider of an audience and we'll let the algorithm kind of do its thing and learn who's converting and who's not. Mm-hmm. And then we can go back and look at the data and say, okay, these keywords are working and these are not. So right. let's get rid of the ones that are not doing so well because they cost money. And let's just put the money in the keywords that are firing. Uh, and then we can see some different graphics come back of like, okay, so 80% of the people who call us are male or 80% that call us are female. And so we can kind of redefine the ad, be like, okay, we want to target more males or females according to the data because we don't want to waste money on the small amount of, you know, the other that are calling. We'd rather focus more on the people who are more than like, more than likely to convert. Yeah. Same thing with even geography. You know, we're getting tons of calls from, <clears throat> from the Irmo Chapin area. And so, but we're not getting a lot of calls from like the Red Bank, West Columbia area. Okay, so let's remove the ad from the Red Bank, West Columbia area, and let's double down on Irmo and Chapin. And that helps with things like route density. That helps with, um, you know, just refining our dollars to what's probably going to convert more. And then you have more of a presence while you're driving around town, especially if your trucks are wrapped and all that kind of stuff, depending on what kind of kind of industry you're in. Um, but you're refining how well that ad works, and it's just going to keep getting better and better. Right. And eventually you boil it down to who you're most likely to convert target is. And that's going to be your biggest return on investment. Right. But you can't do that with organic marketing because you don't get the insights. So you don't, you don't get the tracking and all that kind of stuff. Um, but downside is it can be very expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I read something a while back that said, I think it's like 80% of marketing dollars uh, for most companies is spent in digital marketing and specifically in Google. And so that's uh, like your Google My Business page. That's Google Ads, ads in YouTube, um, because those are the highest returns on investments according to the data. And I mean, companies can spend millions of dollars in paid advertisement. Now that goes back to what we've talked about before. And marketing is an investment. Right. It should always be an investment. And the idea of an investment versus a cost or expenditure is that you should always get a better return than what you put in. Mm-hmm. And so if you do a three month campaign on something, you put 500 bucks into, you know, pushing that campaign forward. If you don't get a thousand bucks back, it wasn't worth it. Right. right. Cause all that time tracking it and refining it and all that kind of stuff, that's cost a little bit of money too, but you should always get a return on your investment in marketing. If you're trying to do it by yourself and you haven't had much luck, a lot of that is probably that you just haven't truly refined your target audience very well. And, you, and a lot of people just put like a, they'll just put a ge- geographical area on it. Right. And so let's say you're a plumber and you just put, I want to put this Facebook ad in my zip code go. Okay. Well, everyone in your zip code is going to get that ad, which means that a lot of people who have zero interest or need in a plumber are also going to see that ad. And so, uh, same thing with landscapers, like they don't need a landscaper or they don't have the money for a landscaper or they don't have a yard because they live in an apartment building, uh, like those kinds of things. So you really have to take the time to really craft the advertisement to people who really need it. Otherwise you're just throwing money out the window. Right. Right. Um, and you're just casting a super wide net, you know, and there's a lot of fish that slip through that super wide net. Because you don't hit everybody in your city when you make an advertisement. Like it doesn't mean just because you make an ad on Facebook doesn't mean that every single person in that geographical area is going to see your advertisement. Right. 
And so a lot of that is a bid war too. You know, if someone else has that same ad and using those same keywords, if they pay more for the bid than you do, so let's say you pay $3 a bid and they pay five, they're going to get the majority of the ad placement. Because, I mean, all this at the end of the day when it comes to ad placement is whatever platform you're using, they're trying to make their money. They have people on their platform and for you to get a piece of that, you're paying them for it. And they're going to give it to whoever pays the most. And so it can be very expensive. Um, but again, both are super important. You know, like we can't harp on this enough. You, know, you have to uh, be smart in your marketing. You have to get creative. Uh, and you really have to, you have to get after it and be really consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best advertised restaurants in our city is uh, a restaurant called Rush's. And they use billboards, they use commercials, they use radio ads, they use social media marketing, and all this in the last probably five or six years. And they've done really well for themselves. They rebranded a little bit, got a little cleaner with how they advertise themselves, and their biggest competitor has done nothing. Nope. But their biggest competitor, which is Zestos, is still around, and they still have plenty of people who prefer them. And that's because they, I think they do a few billboards around the city, but that's pretty much it. But people still love that restaurant. They still love Zesto's and a lot of them still love it more than Rush's. And they did the minimal and Rush's is doing the max. And the reality comes down, like there's a big piece of this that comes down to, is there a significant difference between the two? And in their instance, there's not, Right. And so this goes to, you can't just be the best advertiser. You can't just be the best marketer. You got to have a great service to market, right? And so uh, I think about this company. Uh, so my background is in sound engineering. And there's a microphone manufacturer called Heil Microphones. And they're not a super well-known brand. They do pretty, like, they do pretty well, but they're not on the same level as a lot of other manufacturers that have been around forever. But they make great stuff. And what I love about their marketing is they, they, do, they do some social media marketing, but they give you like backstories into why they built this microphone and like what the occasion was to do it. Um, there's a great story about the Charlie Daniels band. And if you're a country music person, you know who Charlie Daniels is. And uh, they had uh, an issue with in a, con- in a big concert with some microphones that were just feeding back like crazy on their drum kits. And they were like, okay, we're not using microphones that are built like this ever again. They're called condenser microphones. They'd get a wider range of sounds into them, but they're very sensitive to, to like stage noise and everything else. And so they have a problem feeding back. And so like, well, what can we do instead? And so the guy who ran Charlie Daniels band's live sound called Bob Heil, who founded Heil Microphones. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what can we do? So Bob kind of looked at his stuff and was like, well, I really don't think I have something that's going to work for, you know, the kind of environment that y'all play in, but I think I can build something. And so Bob Hyle and his team built these like large dynamic, uh, large uh, uh, diaphragm microphones that could replace those without feedback. And so people use them all over the place now. It's the same thing. So if you look at Alex's microphone on our YouTube channel, uh, it's called a PR 30 and people really loved it for drums, but it's too big. And so somebody called Bob and was like, Hey, I really like the way the sounds was just too big. And he's like, let me see what I can do about that. 
So you just made the body of it smaller and made a different model out of it. And it's a third the size. And so and it weighs less so people can use it on their drum kits. And I'm like, that's great service. That's people who are down to earth and aware of what their consumers want. They are aware of what their clients need and they meet it. And so Bob didn't need to do like crazy big advertisement to get as big as, you know, the manufacturers have been around a long time. He had the best customer service and he has ear to the ground. And so you have to do both. You have to advertise, you have to market. But if you don't have a great service, there's no reason to market. You know, like we talked about a couple, I think it was last week about schemers and scammers, you know, people who make a somewhat okay product and then they market it like it's the golden egg, right? And so you have to have a great service when to market it. Logan, what you had to say to chime into that? Yeah. Um, you know, about how the, you know, the guy changed up his, uh, he adjusted one thing and then he, he reached an entirely new market with that. And that reminded me of when I was in my senior year of college, I was doing a project for Bose. Um, and the problem that Bose was having is that they, they had their market, but they wanted to reach an entirely new market so they can grow even more. And so they, they, their, um, our project, our side of it was to find that market, uh, look at their products and see who that market would be. And we came up with an entire plan and, um, Bose has a really nice pair of, uh, of high quality gaming headphones. And we did all the, all these research and stuff like that. And, and we found that there's not a lot of gamers who would use Bose headphones. They would all be, uh, there's a brand like turtle beaches and, and all these different brands and stuff, but Bose they had a really quality headphone. And so we came up with a whole marketing plan for them. And we actually, I'm going to brag a little bit. We made it to the semifinalists in the national competition. They loved the, 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 the market that we pitched for them, you know, what was entirely new to them, but extremely effective. These and, are the rock stars that we hire at Pure Marketing, by the way. <laughs> People who get to national marketing championships <laughs> and lose by one, by by one, one. spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can't afford the best. We'll take second place. <laughs> I, I know. I wasn't, even, I wasn't even mad about that because I, we made it a lot further than I expected and, and might just you know, be humble of me, but it, it, was, it was an awesome experience overall. Yeah. And, and it opened my mind up to... New, new avenues in, in marketing and advertising that I never thought of before. So it goes off of your one adjustment to the microphone and you get a whole new audience. Yeah. We've been talking to uh, a company here in town who specializes in some B2B home service stuff, you know, like home inspections and that kind of thing. And we've been kind of diving into this idea of like, how can we get them into the residential market too? Because B2B is great. You know, B2B can be, you know, you know, several times larger accounts than a residential client can be. Uh, but even if you just add 10, 15% to somebody's revenue for tapping into a new market, that can be a substantial amount mm-hmm. of money, you know? And so uh, you can't, you always want to see what's going on. How can you do things a little bit different? You know, you set a, you have a, you have a goal, you make a plan, you see if the plan works, you come back and you dissect it, see what worked, what didn't. You refine it and you try again. Um, and so when it comes to uh, organic and, and paid advertisement, look at what the other guys are doing in your area. And there's a level of, yeah, we should rinse, wash, and repeat what they're doing too. But get creative. Mm-hmm. Like 
really start thinking outside the box and be like, what do my clients really want? What do they really need? What's valuable to them? And then give them that, you know, like, right. and that's a big market. That's a big uh, sales thing too. Like, what does my client want? What do they need? What do they need to hear? And then be honest with them. Tell them the truth. Tell them what you can do. Tell them how you can solve the problem. That's all sales is, is if you can solve someone's problem for a reasonable cost, then you're, that's an easy sell. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't try and sell them something that they don't need. You know, like one of the fun parts about working in, in marketing, you know, full time is we get to be on everybody's team. And by being on everybody's team, we get to say what is best for them and not necessarily what's best for us. And that's just a really cool place to be in. You know, uh, we tell people all the time, like that return on investment for marketing, like, hey, if we do this you know, agreement for the next six months or a year and you haven't grown any, then we haven't done a good job for you. So we either need to reevaluate what we're doing. And if we can't come up with a better plan, you just shouldn't hire us. You know, like if you're not getting a return on the investment that, you, that you're paying for this service, then you shouldn't hire us. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I pay a landscaper to come cut my yard and they only cut it a quarter of an inch every time they come and then six months later, it's all five and a half inches tall. I'm like, what am I paying for? Mm-hmm. You know, cut the grass down. And if they can't do it, then you shouldn't pay them to do it. Right. Yeah. You know? And so uh, that's kind of what we're talking about today, guys. Uh, I really appreciate y'all's time. Uh, if y'all could do us a favor, go on to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, uh, five stars preferably, if you enjoyed today's uh, stuff. Uh, please follow us on Instagram. We have a brand new YouTube channel. YouTube. Uh, we're really excited to bring uh, some live coverage of it, of uh, the podcast to you. Uh, this episode is not going to be on video, unfortunately, but it's all good. But you can catch it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. So this is Chris Hollis and Logan Ingram signing out. You guys have a great day. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks.